Controversy, 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 controversy. We changed the actress, we made her black. Now you're mad at me, you're mad at me. We could have made a black princess. We chose to change a girl and said, Now you're all fighting, this is exciting. Controversy. <laughs> wow, thank you. Thank you, thank you very much, that was guys. <laughs> What's even more incredible is that I wrote that two minutes before we went live. I was like, There's no way I'm going to talk about The Little Mermaid and not redo one of the songs for this story. Just unlimited talents, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what can't she do? She's a triple threat, I tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today, we have a fun show lined up for you and some pretty superficial topics. We're not going to get too deep here. We are going to talk The Little Mermaid, who has now been casted as a black actress, and that movie is coming out uh, very soon. And of course, there's a lot of controversy about that. We're also going to be talking about racial tension that has been stirring up at the Emmys, which nobody watched, but we'll get to that. And we're going to do a fun little thing at the end of today's show. So before uh, we get into everything, I don't have my our intro video, so we won't even worry about that. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the Little Mermaid controversy. For those of you who don't know, uh, the Little Mermaid is casted as this young woman right here, Halle Bailey, not Halle Berry, although she's just as gorgeous as Halle Berry. Uh, and she's now playing Ariel. And the teaser trailer for this movie came out. We've known that Halle Bailey, by the way, has been cast as Ariel for quite some time. But I think because this te teaser trailer came out and people are now seeing the black princess Ariel in the flesh, uh, people are getting upset. Uh, others are getting upset at the fact that other people are upset about it. And of course, all of the conversations are surrounding the race of Little Miss Princess Ariel. Now, I did ask on a community on the community post today, uh, how do you guys feel about the Little Mermaid being black? Six percent of you said, I think it's great. Thirty seven percent of you said, uh, I think they shouldn't have done that. And fifty seven percent of you said, I don't care, uh, which I think is the popular response to the controversy that's happening surrounding this uh, and in this particular movie. Let's get into some of the takes we have on this. Like I said, the teaser trailer came out. They've shown her and the world is going crazy. On TikTok, I'm seeing lots of videos of little black kids being sat in front of laptops and filming their reactions to seeing Princess Ariel. Some of them being like, oh my gosh, she's black. How great is that? Uh, and of course, the others who are saying, you know, Princess Ariel was and always has been a white character. Why have we now decided to cast a black actress? And we'll talk about all the different contro controversial opinions you can have surrounding the subject matter. And then I'll give mine, of course, because we can't just talk about others and not give our own. First, uh, let's see a take. This is in response to people saying you should not have casted a black actress as Ariel. You know what? You're right. I mean, just imagine Imagine if they cast Angelina Jolie as Afro-Latino woman Marion Pearl. Or if they cast white actor Jack Palance as Cuban Fidel Castro. Or if they got the white actor Ben Affleck to play the Mexican-American man Antonio J. Mendez. Mm. Or if they got the white actress Elizabeth Taylor to play the Egyptian Cleopatra. Or a white actor like Jim Sturgis playing Asian-American Jeffrey Ma. Or if they got white actors. Okay, I think we get the point. Right, we, we get the point here. What I will say is uh, there is a, a flaw in this woman's argument in that the people who are playing the characters are dressing up as the race that they're playing. Uh, so if, if you hire, you know, Angelina Jolie to play a Hispanic woman and Angelina Jolie 
dresses and and looks like a Hispanic person, you are in fact taking on the race of that uh, character. So there's a little bit of a difference there. The same can be said for things like West Side Story, where famously in the 1960s, white people played the Hispanic uh, uh, jets. I mean, sorry, sharks in in uh, that that movie. So. It's different because the purpose of acting is to take on something that you are not. So if Angelina Jolie plays a Hispanic woman, we know Angelina Jolie is not Hispanic. We're not trying to steal the role from a Hispanic person, but the whole purpose of acting is to play something that you are not. The same can be said for, say, a Leonardo DiCaprio in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He's playing somebody who has a mental challenge. Is that something that should be off off the board for, for acting? Should we not allow actors to actually assume positions that they don't current, that they don't uh, hold in society? Uh, so that's the question there. And with, with Ariel, had this been a black girl playing, you know, a white person, I don't know. Would there be controversy surrounding that? What would the reaction be to something like that happening? Like Wait, if she was, if she put on whiteface and is like, "I'm just a black person, but I'm playing a white character." I wonder what the reaction would be from the general public. Yeah, I I don't think people would really care. I think if anything, woke people would be like, "You don't have to paint your skin. That's you know, you're selling out your race." Or on some level, I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think any like white people would be like, "Oh, you're appropriating white people" or something like that. It, it, but it's just it's so silly that we even have to have these conversations isn't it? I know it feels like oh my gosh why am I talking about a Disney movie where this girl is playing a mermaid but it does speak to sort of larger cultural run-ins that we're having in today's day and age I want to address uh, another argument here everybody's like Ariel's a mermaid whatever it doesn't even matter it's not even a real thing it's a fictional character I totally get that too I do believe in looking into this though that the person who created the little mermaid it's supposed to be part of like Danish lore? Yeah, it's a it's a fairy tale by a Danish author named Hans Christian Andersen and uh, he has written, written a, wrote a number of fairy, fairy tales uh, but yeah, he's a famed uh, Danish author and, and no mention of that is that's that is conveniently left out of the conversation right now. Right. He, and people are very much leaning on the fact that she is a, a mermaid. Uh, Linda Carter here tweeted out, people are mad the little mermaid is black. The lady who is also a fish who lives under the sea, whose best friend is a talking crab. And I think, you know, obviously uh, there there is something to that argument. And it does point out just where we are as a culture arguing over Disney movies is a really interesting thing. But when we step outside of that and and talk about the, the racialized conversations we're having now, many of which that are affecting... Uh, white people negatively there's something to be said for for the ability of now black people to play white characters and not the opposite happen in return and i i saw this take on tiktok that i think is a fresh one an interesting one and i'm, I'm sure received quite a bit of backlash here's what this woman had to say i find it funny y'all are complaining about her hair color but we all know it isn't about the hair but it's because she's a black woman ariel ha- I find it funny how hypocritical y'all are. It literally is embarrassing how hypocritical y'all are. Most of the people who are literally saying that Ariel has no meaning and she's just a character are the people who never even grew up watching The Little Mermaid as their childhood movie. You do realize that Ariel has been around for a long time and people who watched Ariel grew up watching her, her representation stuck in the minds of them and that's the reason why they have a problem with this. The image of the original Little Mermaid grown deep in the hearts of a lot of people and that's why people have a problem with it because this Ariel does not look like that. 
But I find it hypocritical because let Disney come out with a live action version of the Princess and the Frog and they replace her with a white woman. Y'all would literally be furious. Y'all would literally be acting mm. the same way as these people are acting. And don't even lie because y'all know damn well y'all would try to cancel <laughs> Disney if they made <laughs> Tiana a white woman. And For I would sure. be upset too if they made Tiana a white woman. Even if they made Tiana a lighter skinned woman or a mixed woman, y'all would still try to cancel Disney. I really feel like y'all don't even care about the situation. Y'all just see a black woman getting analyzed or getting critiqued and y'all literally are saying that it's racist. No, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with racism. Literally, they're just upset because she looks nothing like the original character that has been around for over 30 years. Stop the fucking reach. <laughs> I love it. Just lay it down like you see it. And there is something to be said about that. If Princess Tiana, they suddenly remade Princess and the Frog and made a live action film of that. And that lady was white. Are you kidding me? Do you know the reaction that would be seen from people who are, are part of just like this woke ecological ideological bubble? It'd be insanity. It truly would be. Yeah, and and that's that's the annoying thing is the double standard and that um, that you know they they criticize their pushback against which which I think is a lot of like imaginary racism. Um, a lot of the times they're like, oh, there's these trolls on Twitter who are saying these things. It's like, who? Show me the tweets of the actual racists who are actually have a problem with a black person being cast on this right. in a racist way. And it's not you're reading that into it when they have a more innocuous take that's about your changing the lore, changing the history or something like that. But um, really, they say, why do you, you care so much about this fantasy? But it's like, I, I wish we didn't care so much. I wish we were in a place where you didn't care so much, where you felt the need to jam diversity hires into everything. But it's just that's where our culture is right now. And mm -hmm. I look forward to the day where we're just over it and we're back to like race neutrality, as we talk about a lot right. on the show. And where, you know, because in a vacuum, no, I don't care if you if you cast a black actress in this film or or whatever. Like that's it's it's fine. It's it's not something that I have a strong opinion about. But right. it's just the I think this is in the context of our culture where there's this constant barrage of we need representation here. And like I'm a Lord of the Rings fan and they're they're jamming that and then jamming feminist narratives into it all and it's like is this really about bringing a cherished story and cherished fairy tale or or cherished lore to life in the best way we can and really leaning into what the author created mm -hmm. and bringing that to life in a creative awesome way that does justice to the source material yeah. or are we trying to use the source material as a veneer for our political activism and i think that's really what puts people off it's not about the race it's mm -hmm. just about the activism that's inherent in a lot of this stuff that that people see through and it feels disingenuous in it and it's it sucks that like someone as talented and great as Halle Berry yes. or Bailey, Bailey has to uh, be in the center of all that when she really shouldn't yeah and I want to say I have been a fan of, of Halle Bailey for a very long time she actually used to have a, a YouTube channel or maybe she still does with her twin sister Chloe and I followed them back when I was a wee young and like watching singing singers on YouTube and they just sort of went from being these girls on YouTube who publish covers to now you know being the little mermaid and chloe has her very own music career and, and they make music together so kudos to them and it sucks because you've been placed in the hot seat of controversy that the talent that you display in this role and how no matter how well you do it it's just going to be completely clouded with everything that's happened prior to this and you know you you would hope that people could get their big break in a way that's not as controversial you know we could have had uh, a disney create another black 
princess and then put that out. The The reason I won't be watching The Little Mermaid is just because I think every single live action creation of a Disney film is just ruining it uh, in, in more ways than casting. It's just like, I, yeah. I love The Little Mermaid from my childhood. Do not ruin it. I've seen what you've done with like The Lion King and Mulan and all these other movies that you're making into live action. But the, the racist... Uh, accusations that are coming out of this are just unbelievable. Like you guys know, when you read a novel and you have the the characters pictured in your brain and they've described them throughout the movie and you're watching this and you're taking it all in, you're imagining something, and then the movie gets made, uh, the movie gets made from the book and the characters look nothing like what was described or the setting looks nothing like what was described and you're like, yo, dude, I had this whole thing in my imagination. I got this live action version of it and you ruined it. I'm pretty sure that's a very similar uh, to what people are feeling on this. Yeah, it's just a really shallow way. It feels like you're you're using the access that you have to 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 this intellectual property or to this story, to the ability to make this, to make a very like shallow political statement. Mm -hmm. And really, then to your point, you're kind of parading the people that you do these diverse acting out there you're like using their skin color for your political purposes and it just it's not a win for anybody no. and and again in a vacuum like if it's the best person for the role or you're trying to do an artistic spin like a hamilton where you're uh, telling a historic story in a unique hip hop way like that's that's something different and it's about mm -hmm. at that point it's still about the artistic achievement it's still about making something original and unique and mm -hmm. creative but when it's just like we're just it, when it, it just doesn't feel right. And uh, I think that's a frustrating thing. By the way, some people are saying that they are not twins, but they're, I don't know, maybe. Oh, just sisters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they're a couple years apart. I don't know why I thought they were uh, twins. Um, but yeah, I think that's exactly what you're talking about is is exactly right. I mean, it, it just feels like a massive virtue signal. And I hope that one day we get to a point where it's just like natural. You're not like overwhelming us with it. I think we read a stat the other day that said like 40% of people in movies and TV right now are African-American or black. And right. it's like, okay, y'all make up 13% of the population. Chill, I get it. Like, you know, when commercials come out these days and you're like, Okay, uh, we're going to make a commercial for Home Depot. We got to make sure uh, that even though most of our demographic is, you know, white middle-aged men who are working on their, their houses and their white picket fence and all that, I want a gay couple. They also must be interracial. They also want them to have a disabled child running around in the background doing something there. Uh, and when they throw the old family barbecue, I want somebody from every single race. How did all these races make it into one family? I don't know. But it's all about representation here at Home Depot. It's literally what it's like. Yeah. Uh, the the One of the producers of Rings of Power came out and said, we're doing all this diversity casting and making the making sure that every race has, like every race in Lord of the Rings. So black elves, black hobbits, putting that in there. Because we want a, a Middle Earth to look like our world. We want Tolkien's world to look like our world. And it's like, if that's true, then statistically, like six out of 10 of them should be Asian, like far, like East Asian right. or South Asian. Um, and the... You know, black people, like you said, we're seeing like 40 percent representation in our TV and commercials right now when it's just that's not out of sync with global or or that's not in sync with global or U.S. population statistics. So is it about making the world look like the real world or right. is it about you socially engineering your themes into it? And by the way, the, the victims in this is like the Hispanic community in the U.S. is like, what, 20 something percent of the population. They're right. criminally underrepresented. If They're you not want to real talk minorities, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently not. Um, but that just shows just the absurdity of 
of trying to of thinking in this way and and making sure we put it in our movies and get out our T's and cross lines. Like, let's just not care. Right. You're the ones who care. And then you accuse me of caring when you're jamming the stuff down our throats. Like, no, you care. You're forcing this social engineered world onto us. And it's at the expense of what you could be doing and focusing on is just making good art. And not that they're mutually exclusive, <clears throat> but I think you can, the, the, the diversity will come and you wish would reflect the real world if we didn't care. Right. And, and I, you know, this does not offend me at all. I don't want to sound like I'm one of the people who's offended by there being a black Ariel. I'm not offended yeah. by this at all, but there is commentary to be had about it. And I can speak on this from the opposite perspective too. I grew up doing musical theater and that was something that I absolutely loved doing. And we would go through and do all the famous musicals, you know, uh, in, you know, the, the typical, uh, American canon. Right. And, Disney musicals were a part of that too. Beauty and the Beast was a part of that. And I would go in and as a young biracial girl, you already know like, oh, I'm not going to be able to play Belle. Even though I'm vocally suited for it, even though I feel like I can act the part, even though I think it would be wonderful to be Belle, I know going into this, I'm not going to get Belle because I don't look like Belle. And as a child... That can be a really tough thing to deal with. And I think now in these industries, we are breaking out of that and we're just allowing for for leeway and, and allowing for diversity in those things, which which is why it doesn't make me particularly angry. It's the fact that it is not seemingly a two way street. There's never going to be a point in today's day and age where you're like, oh, we have this black character. Let's open it up to all races and let whoever wants to play it play it. Or we have this Asian character. Let's open it up to all, any races and they can all do their own interpretation on this. It's always going to be in one direction and it, it's never going to going to happen in in the opposite sense and i feel for little kids right now who are looking at ariel and sitting in front of the tv and going oh my gosh that looks just like me i do not want to uh tamp down how beautiful it is to to feel something like that to go oh i could be a disney princess too but there are so many ways to create that feeling for kids creating new movies is a way to do that for kids as well and like i said personal experience with going into certain plays and in musicals and going well damn I know I'm not going to be the lead in this one because I know what the lead looks like. The lead is a white girl and there's a bunch of white girls around me and one of them is going to get it. And as a child who is not ready to like process those things and just just looks at what's happening in front of them and goes, I'm not getting that. That can be sad. So I understand that there is there's space and probably even a need. I might go as far as to say a need to create uh, things where where people can feel like, oh, I can I can do that. Uh, But you can do that with new creations as well. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point, and I'm glad you you gave voice to that. And it 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 does speak to um, it's like where are the, where are these stories? And I would mm-hmm. I would be thrilled to see more of them coming to bear that do feature more uh, quote unquote diverse people. But again, I just I wish we didn't care. I wish I wish and I wish right. it wasn't the, this massive priority thing. But right. I do, and I think a lot of times people use like the fact that there were racial undertones or or crimes or uh, mistreatment that happened in the past as a justification to do something that's an overcorrection that amounts to social engineering yes. today. And I think that is what creates that like dissonance where you're just like, come on. But I do agree that it would be a great thing to see more, quote unquote, representation, more original stories being told that have people that can be related to and um, from different all kinds of backgrounds. Right. Like, you know, on this show, none of us give a flying F about race. We do not care about it. I don't care to see more representation of people who look like me. But that's because I've I've learned that that does not matter. You know, I was on Megyn Kelly this morning, which you guys can check out the full episode on on her channel. But 
uh, Megan asked me about The Little Mermaid and I was like, you know what? I don't really have a strong opinion on this, but I will say, you know, if, if representation is the barrier between your child realizing that they can do something, that's your fault as a parent. It is not the fault of the person that is not creating the representation. You know, as, as a child, if you are not seeing people who look like you do things, that's okay. And it shouldn't stop parents from saying you can do that. And I, I will give great kudos to my mom. My mom would never as a child tell me that I could not do something. That was not something that was on the table in our in our household. Even though we had spoken about racism and systemic oppression and all these barriers, there was never an idea that I gave my mother that she said you cannot do. So just because you look up at, you know, the jobs that you want or the things that you are striving for and you don't see people who look like you doing them as a parent, you need to teach children that it doesn't matter that you don't see people. Be the first person who looks like you to go and do that. And the way that you look shouldn't matter anyways. So go for it. it your skill is the only thing that matters. And if representation is what's the make or break for that, that's a failure on the parent side. It's very true. And you, I mean, you talk about, I think you talked about it with Megan Kelly today, but how who you are is more about your morals, your uh, strength inwardly, your individuality. What mm -hmm. That's what makes you who you are, your character, yes. your originality, your talent, your abilities, how you apply those, your effort. Um, and like, you know, people talk about, again, the, using the Lord of the Rings example, it's like, oh, we made this for black people by casting a bunch of black people. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, it already belonged to the whole world because it enshrined ideas about heroism and about bravery about friendship about courage and those are already accessible to everybody and yeah. so that 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 people can draw from that and embody that and live up to those and and making an adaptation of that um is about whether you can capture those ideals and communicate them effectively yeah. so that people can live into them um, as opposed to just using the name and then putting the people's with different skin colors on it but not having the ideas and values that gave the power to the original source material in the first mm -hmm. place that made it worthwhile, made it impactful, encouraged people to be, be brave, encouraged people to uh, take on their duty and, and set aside the, the the ranger and become who you're born to be, those type of things that are inspiring. That already belongs to everybody and that's there for everybody to take. Yeah. And it's not that's not skin deep. It is goes down to the core of, of who you are and who you choose to be as an individual. And that's not a racial thing. And I think that's something that's getting lost in all of this. Um, and that is a, a tragedy and I can't wait till we get back there and right. and then who cares if, if it comes from new stories and they can capture those values that are worth passing on to our children amazing I don't care who what the skin color is but yeah. it's about the values and ideas themselves yes it's about the character like if I watch a character who's white that or who's Asian let's say that resonates deeply with me just because of who they are as a person that it doesn't matter that they're Asian. Like, it doesn't matter uh, what race they are. It's still going to to resonate. But there is something to be said. Like, let's talk about it just from a purely, like, objective, reasonable standpoint as far as marketing and, and the work in, within these corporations goes. It doesn't make sense to create content in movies that aren't a reflection of the society that you live in. It doesn't make sense because you will make no profit. People don't want to buy it. So if you have a certain makeup of your society, your your movies and things should reflect that. You know, th there's a reason the black entertainment television channel exists. BET exists for a reason. And it's because they filled a hole that was not being filled by uh, general entertainment and they said, let's create a channel. And it resonated uh, with black people and now resonates with people all over you know, our country. So 
if if you don't market to to these people, they'll find uh, things that market to them. So it's just within your own economic interests to create things that are a reflection of your society. And if the society wants representation, I guess that's that's something that you have to market to. But like Taylor said, it's more about your character. By the way, Disney is coming out with a new movie uh, in it looks like 2023. Uh with an Afro-Latina Disney princess, and I believe her name is going to be Asha. So uh, that seems to be happening, uh, and I guess we'll we'll check in back back on that and see if there's any controversy surrounding that. Although I doubt it. Yeah. Um, Here's to hoping that they the writing and the story that they tell are good story and good values and things that are ideas that are worth uh, emulating and incorporating into your life, uh, because that is ultimately what's going to be more most important about something like that. Right, and I think that sums up my thoughts on Ariel. Yeah. I'm not mad about it i'm not cheering about it i am uh just sort of sort of neutral and i think there's so many different conversations you could have about it and it's funny that it's just about a a disney movie but it can open up so many other conversations that uh apparently need to be had yeah i think we're on the same page there i think we're on the same page so with that being said let's move on to the emmys which i'm sure probably none of you watched i did not watch a single bit of the emmys did you taylor you know, I said before the show, if an awards show falls in the forest, <laughs> is anyone there to hear it? Does it make a noise? Is anyone there to watch it all? <laughs> uh, and I think not. I think it, it, you've said uh, you sent me a tweet earlier that said it had some of the lowest ratings in in history, I think. Yeah, I think Let's last year it was like 7.5 million. This year it was like 5 million. So it was like pretty significant drop, like 20, 10, 15, 20 percent yeah. um, year over year. And it's just it's still a lot of people, but yeah, it's struggling. Wow, this is yeah. This so this is a uh, yeah. The Emmys hits an all time low. What does this tweet say? Home oh, reader. I don't know. Sorry. This tweet says something outlandish. I'm going to read it really quick. This year's Emmy ratings hit an all time low. All those Negroes who are so grateful to get an Emmy who act like it means everything. You look real stupid. Just show. Just goes to show the white media can give you a platform, but they can't give you legitimacy. Somebody is uh, very somebody salty. Yeah. Professor Black Truth, whatever that means. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, you're done. It's very salty. Anyways, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I want to talk about a couple of moments from the Emmys. Uh, one that I feel like is not getting the amount of criticism that it deserves, and another that is getting far too much. Uh, so let's get into that. Here's Issa Rae. I forget what the the show that she created is called. Let me go ahead and give that a Google because it's a very popular show. She happens to be uh, a comedian. Let's take a look here. Insecure. So she's the the creator of and writer of Insecure has sort of skyrocketed to fame through the creation of that show and sort of her comedic writing and is a very talented uh, black woman. I don't identify her as a black woman. She seems to identify as such. Here is what she said when asked who she wants to win at the Emmys and coincidentally by Laverne Cox. So let's watch. Now, fabulously and iconically, five years ago here at the Emmys, you told us that you were rooting for everybody black. Tonight, Issa Rae, who are you rooting for? Everybody black. Nothing has changed. (laughs) It will never change. (laughs) Now. Ooh. Racism. Super cute. I love I love when celebrities dress up in their beautiful, probably thousands and thousands of dollar gowns, and they talk to each other on live television about how racist they are, uh, and they expose that about themselves. Imagine anybody else getting up on that carpet, talking to Laverne Cox and saying, I'm rooting for everybody white. I'm rooting for everybody Asian. That's probably okay to say. I'm rooting for everybody who's Hispanic. 
probably okay to say, definitely could never say everybody white. You would be blackballed from the industry, censored off of every single social media platform, had your life ruined, never see another project in the industry again. But so long as you're saying it for black people, you can be as racist as you want. In fact, you can be racist on live television. And I feel like the fact that anybody is able to say this is just a complete debunking of just the oppression that people seem to carry around with them. These are two individuals, Laverne Cox and Issa Rae, who would go on television and just right in front of your face tell you that black people are oppressed in America whilst standing on a red carpet in their thousands of dollar gowns with a microphone on national television telling everybody that they're rooting for everybody black at the Emmys. Could you get more like get more irony? Than no, that? it's tough. And yeah, again, it's the it's the double standard. It's the it only works in one one direction. That's the frustrating part. Like in a vacuum again, I get it like. You know, I root for my, I follow beach volleyball. My favorite team is the one from Louisiana that went to LSU. I root mm-hmm. for them because I have a shared, you know, part of my history and identities with mm-hmm. them. I root for USA in the World Cup. There's nothing wrong with like rooting for people who you have commonalities with, I guess, mm-hmm. in a vacuum. But when the same standard can't apply and someone else can't go out there and say, you know, well, I'm rooting for the white people to win, it is kind of just, and then it's just, it goes back to the silliness of making of emphasizing race and re- and making that such an in- integral part of your identity that it's it's about skin color. It's just silly. Right. You don't make up for past discrimination with present discrimination. I just cannot stress that enough. And the fact that this is okay. You know, I was on, like I said, Megyn Kelly this morning, and we were talking about this and like the back and forth that's happening between uh, different races in America right now. And if we continue on the track that we're at with this rhetoric, with what's happening with policies like affirmative action, uh, with how corporations are treating white people in particular, the critical race theory trainings that are happening in our public schools, if we continue down this route of racial tension and division in 50 years from now, you're going to have a civil rights movement led by white people who are taking charge and saying, this is ridiculous. I'm being discriminated against in in school. I'm being discriminated against at my job. I'm being discriminated against on national television. I'm being discriminated against legally. I'm being discriminated against at the bank when being given loans. How do you think this adds up? How do you think it stacks up? And why, when you switch white for black, does it sound like we're talking about Jim Crow America? Anybody got an answer for that? Because we can keep saying, look at history and look at black people being oppressed in history. History does, is not an explanation or a justification for what is happening right now. This is why we're going to have lawsuits and we are having lawsuits right now in, in the Supreme Court against Harvard and its discrimination against Asian and white students is because it is not OK. It is a violation of the Civil Rights Act. And the fact that people are uncomfortable saying these things or they think that history justifies them is beyond me. And I will always say, do the thought exercise of switching out the word black for white or the word white for black and then see if it's racist. And it almost always is. Yeah, almost this, always. <laughs> this is what's so wrong about the whole anti-racism movement that you can solve past discrimination with present discrimination. Mm-hmm. Either racism is wrong or it's not. And yep. we can either be a society that's founded on principles. Mm-hmm. That, you can build a functioning world and a functioning society, functioning life, family, uh, culture on principles of, hey, equality, of you're valuable because you're endowed with 
rights. Uh, you're valuable because you're created with uniqueness in God's image and you have infinite value and worth and I need to respect that. I need to respect your liberty. You should respect mine. And we, you can build a society when everyone's playing by those same rules. But whenever it's like, well, you, you're people cheated against my people years ago. And so that gives me the right to do the same thing to you now ad infinitum Mm -hmm. and no amount of, uh, changing society or getting back up. The goal is not to get back to a place where everyone's be treated equally under the law and having the same principles that are governing us. The goal is to subvert the the system and claim that this, this imaginary, you know, uh, thing of white supremacy up in the sky is holding everyone back and we have to, uh, the rules don't matter and right. we can violate everything just to bring that down. And and then there's, and it, we're not the, the, the gravity's not taking us back to a place of equality uh, to where the rules are the, what's most important and that we agree upon them. Um, the, the, it's taking us to uh, just flipping the script. And like you said, and you're going to yeah. end up into a place where the white, the, the, the white people are going to need to have a civil rights movement and the, and the Asian people. And, and it's, yep. it's insane. And we're seeing it now, like in Harvard and the discrimination's happening um, in higher education where Asian people have to score higher on standardized tests. Um, and But not to mention the underrepresentation, like we just mentioned, of mm-hmm. Hispanics in Hollywood. It's not really about the principles. And if it were, uh, the terms would be a lot different of the engagement we're in. Yeah. And let's address the argument of we're punishing white people now because of what their ancestors did. This is something called kin punishment. Kin punishment is when you say your ancestors and the people who came before you committed a crime or a transgression of some sort, and you are now going to be punished for it in the present day. Do you want to know three countries that have engaged in this? The Soviet Union, North Korea, and China. Are these countries that we want to be compared to? Do we want to take on the philosophies of the Soviet Union, North Korea, and China and start implementing them in the United States? Well, we already are. We're punishing white people now because of the sins of their ancestors. Some of the white people now are not even related to those ancestors, but who cares about that? Because we only look at their skin color and with our little pea brains say you're white. So you must be uh, you must have ancestors connected to the transgressions of the past. And this is not these are not regimes we want to be in line with. These are not values we want to be carrying out as a country. And and the fact that we are so invested in it now that a celebrity can come up and say, you know, I'm, I'm just rooting for all the black people. Doesn't matter if they're a good black person or if they have values or if they're really contributing anything to society. I just care that they're black and that's who I'm rooting for is a, a small example of a much larger problem. Now, There's other news coming out of the Emmys and Jimmy Kimmel is coming under attack. You can look at this picture right here. Pulled it up for you on Twitter. Here's Jimmy Kimmel lying on the stage uh, beside Quinta Bronson, who had just won an Emmy that night. And Jimmy apparently had been doing a bit throughout the Emmys that he was drunk and falling over and all that stuff. And during uh, Quinta Bronson's acceptance speech of her Emmy, he laid on the ground, I believe, the whole time. So... Here are pictures from uh, that night. And of course, people immediately took to the Internet and accused Jimmy Kimmel of being a racist for lying down during her acceptance speech. And they said that this is an extension of white supremacy. And that's how he felt he could do it. He wanted to overshadow a black woman. (laughs) Now, let's get into this and break it down. First, would I ever would anybody in their in their right mind ever lay down next to somebody while they're accepting an award? No. Probably not the best thing to do in an individual's shining moments that they've dedicated their entire career to. Maybe not best to do a comedy bit and lay next to them during an acceptance speech. Is it an extension of white supremacy? No. 
my goodness. Like who, who sees this and immediately thinks that I do not know, especially when you acknowledge the fact that Jimmy Kimmel's a comedian, not a really good comedian, but a comedian. Uh, and at, at best, you can say that this is a rude thing to do. He should have thought twice about doing it. Uh, but it's not an extension of white supremacy. And it's so funny because Jimmy Kimmel has actually been pretty instrumental in launching Quinta Bronson's career. I believe he was the first late night show that she ever appeared on and has repeatedly commended her for her comedic skills and her writing skills in her show Abbott Elementary. So to then look at this picture and because you are looking at the world through a racist worldview, you immediately attribute this to white supremacy and racism. That's your problem. It's not his problem. It's poor taste, but it's not racism. Yeah, I think the exact same logic applies to the um, we you know we've been doing some talking about full cultural appropriation in food, and we reacted recently to a TikTok of a girl who got canceled because she made a recipe uh, of some corn dish that was from Mexico that she didn't give credit to and called it Mexican street corn when it has some other fancy name or something like that. And it's it's a relatively innocuous thing, um, and but when you read into that racism because you have a racist worldview, uh, you you connect that to this white supremacist system and all of a sudden you're a vessel of white supremacy because you innocently made a TikTok recipe about food. And I think the same logic applies here to uh, what Jimmy Kimmel's doing here. He's just being a comedian. Right. Um, and yeah, is it is it in poor taste? Like, same reason. Should the person maybe have mentioned that this recipe's from Mexico? Sure. Should uh, Jimmy Kimmel have uh, said, you know, not stolen her moment or been more aware of that? Probably. Uh, but does that mean that this is a evidence of white supremacy at work in our society? It's like it's it's uh, the, the anti-racist motif of it's not whether racism occurred, it's did racism, where did or racism where, occur? Where did it occur? And mm -hmm. if you're, it's just it's, our society is training people to think like this. It's blanketed in our education. It's blanketed in media. It's blanketed in Hollywood. And it's just like not leading us to a place where of progress this is the opposite of progress this is holding us back by reading racism and everything and reinforcing the narrative that america is this racist white supremacist place and it's just trying to mobilize people to be political activists who have everything racially charged mm -hmm. and it just makes everything insufferable and not fun and robs everything so congratulations guys you made the emmys even worse <laughs> you made the thing that nobody watched even <laughs> worse and now i'm gonna not watch it even harder yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are about to close out, but we got a couple more things to do with you guys today. I just wanted to read this tweet really quick that uh, Taylor sent over and I thought was interesting. In 2008, a genealogy uh, website tracked down George Washington's closest living kin to determine who would be king of America if the USA had become a monarchy instead. They found 82-year-old Paul Emery Washington of Texas, a retired regional manager for a building supply company. Look at this cute little guy. His Excellency Paul... <laughs> Your Majesty. His Majesty. The regional manager, Michael Scott, would have been our president, guys. Michael's, I mean, our king. Our king. Our king. Our monarch. Our king. God save the king. Would you? Would you tax? Would you pay taxes without representation to this guy? <laughs> <laughs> to Paul Emery Washington of Texas. I like. You see all the Washington paraphernalia. Like he knows he's George Washington's yeah. close. I wonder if he feels like slighted. Like, oh, I was robbed. It could have been me. What if his whole family is just like secretly planning to like overtake the American uh, government? Conspiracy. Create a monarchy. No, nah, that's kind of cool that he's got all the Washington stuff around mm -hmm. him. What a mm -hmm. cool guy to be related to. You'd be like, I feel like I have masculinity coursing through my veins. Yeah.
Royal American royalty. American royalty. Anyways, thought that was a cool Which, little. Fact. I mean, the, the contrast of this though to like the recent, you know, or the forthcoming coronation of uh, King Charles. Charles. Yes. Uh, is kind of interesting because it's like at the end of the day, you're 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 just a dude. Yeah. You're at the end like, of the day, you're just a dude. Like imagine if Britain never had a monarchy since you know in the last 250 years, right. and then you just was like, yeah, here's uh, George from you know. Right. Birmingham or whatever. Right. <laughs> He's a shoemaker. <laughs> it's very true. We're all just dudes and dudettes at the end of the day. We are. And then some of us end up being presidents and queens and kings. How terrifying. Yeah. It's, that's the adventure that is life. And it's not an issue of race and class. We all have a shared humanity and we can focus on that and the values and ideas that you can build a great life on and build societies wow, on. That's what we should care about and focus on and not all these silly things of race Class, royalty, bloodline, all. You've got my vote. Yeah. Stop my vote, ladies There's and gentlemen. There's my stump speech, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and for this last part, you know, in, in talking about kings, let's talk about the kings of American television. And that's TV dads. Here in this next thought exercise, you can only save two of these TV dads from being replaced. Which two are you going to choose? Oh, man. Okay. So we got Philip Banks from Fresh Prince. We got Carl Winslow from Family Matters. We got Dan Connor from Roseanne. We got Fred Norman from That 70s Show. Tim Taylor from Home Improvement. Danny Tanner from Full House. Sheriff Andy Taylor from The Andy Griffin Show. Al Bundy from Married with Children. And Fred Sanford from Sanford and Son. We got to pick two. I loved Family Matters as a kid. Didn't I do that? I'm going to go 100% Carl Winslow. He's my first choice. Wow. Love Carl Winslow. Okay. And you know what? Home Improvement was also a big part of my childhood. And mm, I think I'm going to go with Tim Taylor from Home Improvement. Those are my yeah. two. I mean, I think him. you're like everyone who sees these is just going to go with whoever you watched the most growing yeah, up. Yeah. Which for me is Home Improvement. So that's my number one. Okay. Tim Taylor also. Got to go with the Taylors. Speaking of, um, Andy Griffith or Andy, Sheriff Andy Taylor. That's the, mm-hmm. the one I know the next most. Oh, really? Um, I feel like yeah. Fresh Prince, Family Matters, Roseanne, Full House, there. and Home Improvement, and Married with Children. I watched all the time. All six of those I watched all the time. Mm-hmm. Al Bundy is just a slob, so we're not picking Al Bundy. Danny Tanner was kind of like a wiki wiki pushover. So we're not going Danny Taylor. Plus, uh, yeah, there's some there's some Danny sketchy Tanner. stuff around him anyways. That just makes me not want to pick. But Dan Connor was also like, no, you're not for me. Uh, not a man's man. Although maybe maybe he is a man's man, and that's what I'm like. Nah, 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 nah <laughs> not for Dan Connor. And then Philip Banks, who's just too too stern, a little too stern for me. There was no. Uh, yeah, he was redeemable... always like stressed out. I know. Just, you know. Like, just, like Philip, take a chill, pill, Phil, chill, 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 Phil. <laughs> <laughs> So Carl Winslow, I feel like he was strong, stern, but he had just like this redeemable warmth about him. And then Tim Taylor is just like, I'm Tim Taylor. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Cool guy. Yeah, I I might give Carl Winslow my number three. Was he he the one in Die Hard or was that someone else? I've I've never seen Die Hard. Someone in the chat set me straight if I'm wrong. Scare Taylor straight. (laughs) I will scare you straight. Make Taylor not. straight. Again. I'm sorry, Taylor's wife. Just kidding. He is straight, I promise. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, so those are my picks. Uh, did it, what did you guys put in the chat? Let's see. Philip guys... was in politics. Someone said I'm right, so oh, okay. booyah. So, so it must be true. I'm voting for him. Somebody on the internet yeah. said it, so it must yeah. be true. <laughs> uh, somebody said I love Danny, Tan- Danny Tanner. Fair enough. Fair enough. No love for Red Foreman. Eh. 
He's kind of crotchety, man. Red Foreman was a pretty crotchety, I never watched crotchety that old guy. Show, so I wouldn't know. I, I will it. say, Danny Tanner, the character he played, the like dad who always like sits the kid down at the end of the episode and right. gives the moral lesson. I right. mean, that's wholesome. That's it good stuff. Wholesome. I could get behind that. But he, he had some kind of sketchy Just stuff outside of his week. role. Yeah, and he was a little... A little weaky week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyways, guys, those are my picks. Drop your picks in the comments down below. I'm Oops. seeing a lot of Tim Taylor. I'm seeing a lot of Andy Griffith. Um, so let us know. Which two, which two TV dads are you going to save if... It came down to it. Or who was to... left out of this list? Do you Ooh. think anyone was left out? Can you think of any TV dads? Oh my gosh, off the top of my head is really difficult. Know, George but... Lopez. Ooh. That's a good one. Um, Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Was he a dad? Um, I thought they had kids. Did they? Oh, no, I maybe don't not. Know. Are they empty nesters? I have no idea. I will say I recently watched through the OC with my wife and mm-hmm. they had the dad in that show was like super strong male figure wise everyone else had in their character arcs had like major moral failings or mm-hmm. something and he said he he stayed strong and and was like a voice what of show? reason and wisdom the oc the oc yeah which was like the show for high schoolers in like the early 2000s yeah our girl samita armstrong's on that show yeah yeah hey, we girl. Had her at prager you um the stories of us so yeah yeah, yeah. anyway so that was a good one so that was a good one. Uh, some of you guys said Bill saying, Cosby. I think he's left out for a reason. Yeesh, on that one. Yeah, that's know, tough. To... Sandy Cohen, they're telling me. Yeah, that's his name on the show. Um, Damon Wayans. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, you guys are. You guys are uh, Homer Simpson, of course. Yeah, that's one. Someone says watching this as a Democrat, and I completely agree. Ah, I don't know if that's hello. about the dad takes or if they're in the past a little bit. But oh yeah, well, hello and welcome, and I appreciate you watching. Uh, we always love to reach across the aisle and have people from all different backgrounds watching the show, uh, and that is the goal here. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, anyways, guys, I think that is our show for today. Again, comment down below. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ariel? Uh, being a black actress, like we said, uh, we're not mad. We're not super excited. And we certainly will not be watching just because Disney seems to ruin every classic Disney film with their live action recreations, uh, tragically. So don't want my eyes to be burned or my memories of the classic Disney movies to be soiled. It might be a good poll for us to do is do you do you trust Disney? Like, yeah, do you, do you still trust them t- with shows for your kids with to, to do justice to great stories? I don't know. Yeah, we we will do that poll on the on our community page, which go and check out for that. We always do do polls with you guys, and you guys love them. Apparently, lots of comments and lots of responses. So we like to do those uh, in tandem with the subject matters we're talking about on the show. Also, guys, if you want to sign up to get an exclusive once a month video from me that is not going to be on YouTube or Instagram or anything like that, sign up for my email list. If you sign up for that email list, you'll also get updates on Unapologetic in case we get censored on any platform, which is very important. You'll also be the first to know when I come out with new merch which is hopefully going to be soon we're, we're doing the work in the background trying to figure out who to go with and, and where to create and how to do it and it's not going to be lame i want cool dope youthful streetwear style it's not just going to say like unapologetic with amala or like have my face on your on your shirt or something like that we're not doing that we're making cool stuff that you would actually wear and that people would be like girl where'd you get that or boy where'd you get that <laughs> so You'll know first when that comes out on the email list. We're also going to work on creating a personal Discord for Unapologetics. So you guys can talk to each other. I'll let you know what guests we have coming up or if you'd like to suggest guests or certain topics that you want us to talk about, you'll be able to do that through there as well. So lots of perks for signing up on the email list. Link is in the description down below. And uh, we'd love to hear from you there. 
please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we go live. That is 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And we also post other videos on Tuesday and Thursday for you to see, plus our shorts, so you get a notification when those pop up as well. And, of course, comment down below. What are your thoughts on The Little Mermaid? Who are the two TV dads that you're going to save? Uh, and that is it. We are going to see you tomorrow. Bye, guys.